welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, July 16th. I'm Jay Skeets, and joining us here on Zoom, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey yo. hey yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. It's time for the up-down report, but before we get into it, let's just quickly address Dwayne Wade. Here's the brief backstory, if you don't know. On Tuesday, Nick Cannon, he lost his job at Viacom CBS for peddling anti-Semitism on his podcast slash YouTube show, whatever it was. On Wednesday, Heat legend Dwayne Wade, he tweeted support for the entertainer. D-Wade tweeted at Nick Cannon, quote, We are with you. Keep leading. Okay, everyone's like, what the hell's going on here? A few hours later, Wade, he deleted his original tweet and then wrote, quote, I want to clarify my now deleted tweet. I was not supporting or condoning what Nick Cannon specifically said, but I had expressed my support of him owning the content and brand he helped create, end quote. About an hour later, Wade tweeted again, quote, I was too quick to respond without being fully informed about his, he's talking about Nick Cannon's, hurtful anti-Semitic remarks. As you all know, I have zero tolerance for any hate speech, end quote. I don't really have a whole lot to add to this, especially um, since we last week discussed what happened with Deshaun and Steven Jackson. I sure as hell don't give a fuck about Nick Cannon, if I'm being completely honest, but we need to say this. We here at No Dunks wholeheartedly, guys, condemn anti-Semitism, okay? As for Wade, you can cast your own judgment um, over his original tweet and then his apologies. I'm going to personally choose to believe him that he was basically, in his words, uh, terribly misinformed. That was sort of my working theory when this popped off yesterday on Twitter. I was talking to Nora about it. I'm like, what? Wade's tweeting support for Nick Cannon? My guess, I guess I hope, that I think he's supporting the idea of Nick Cannon trying to keep his brand without knowing why he's trying to keep his brand. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like Wade saw the headline and didn't read the article. (laughs) So that's what he says. Maybe that's me grasping at straws um, because Wade is someone that I do admire, someone who's done incredible work in the black community, someone who's done incredible work for the LGBTQ community. Maybe that's me being naive. I don't know. Up to you guys out there, everybody here on the Zoom call to make your own call. We're all Joe Joe Borgia on this one. But again, we got to stop with the saying and the amplifying of these of hate speech and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. That's all I got to say, but I want to do again, just address this Wade situation, which was very weird yesterday. Yeah, I would assume Dwayne Wade was coming out and defending another black artist, a black person who built a brand without knowing what the heck is going on. I think so. uh, there's, there's, there's just a lot of ignorance going on. And I think this is another case of it. I think it's uh, definitely in the same sort of family as Steven Jackson, but not even close to what Steven Jackson did by doubling down and tripling down and basically casting a whole group of people uh, as um, undermining society and these conspiracy theories. I mean, that was incredibly wrong. Dwayne Wade came out and apologized uh, right after. And I think the, the thing that we can learn from this is that one group obviously should not be putting down another group of people. This is supposed to be an inclusive time. And uh, the people at The Athletic, uh, a group of writers, a group of Jewish writers, uh, wrote about the Stephen Jackson scenario, had a podcast about the Stephen Jackson scenario, basically saying, 
just that. Uh, it's it's a, it's an interesting read. It's an interesting conversation. It's something that we have to do. And um, I, I, I understand Dwayne Wade getting his dander up, uh, be, under, understanding that Nick Cannon built something and going out and defending him. But at the same time, just like anything on the internet, people don't know the whole scenario and are quick to just fire off a tweet. And he didn't know why he got fired, I assume. I, 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 I am in that same boat that Dwayne Wade would not F around if he knew what the heck was going on. But people tweet without knowing what the heck they're saying at the same time. You're right, Tess. There is a lot of information out there. It's a lot. I think it's a lot smarter to take the half hour to figure out what you're talking about before you blast off a tweet and you have to apologize because it can certainly undermine the work you've been doing when you're fighting for equality. Equality means equality for everyone. It doesn't just mean equality for one subset of people. Go to The Athletic, read something, listen to a podcast, and then get your tweet off. Yeah, I think it was just a poor choice of words from Dwayne at the time. He saw Nick Cannon gets fired and he's probably just like, you know, he's a black guy who's built a lot. I support him. And then he realized why he got fired and he was like, well, hang on a minute. I don't support everything that Nick Cannon has done in, in this case. And uh, I think that's what it is. Dwayne Wade has a has a proven track record of being not uh, prejudiced against any groups. And I, I'm, I'm willing to stand in, in his corner for that today and say he, what he's done for his entire career um, was not undone by a silly tweet yesterday where he quickly tried to correct it and tried to at least, uh, you know, come out and say, listen, I got it wrong. I didn't read the article. I didn't find out all the information first. And so I, 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 he kind of retracted that first tweet uh, because, you know, it, you, you don't just want to pile on a guy if he actually understands that he made the wrong decision yesterday and then he tried to correct it. I think, again, you have to look at his entire body of work and particularly what he is doing there with his own child uh, to show that Dwayne Wade is, is all about uh, inclusivity. And uh, yesterday... He got it wrong at the start of the day, but I think by the end of the day, he realized his mistake uh, for the tweet and tried to uh, clarify what he said. So um, actions speak louder than words. And Dwayne, again, only a couple of days before, showed the shoes that he designed for his uh, uh, transgender son. And again, that he's been on Ellen. He's talked about how proud he is, how, how, how much he's standing behind his own child. And, and I think that, again... Uh, reflects more on Dwayne rather than the, uh, the the poor tweet that he sent out yesterday. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into the up down report. Preparing your tubes. It's the up down report. JD dropping the beat. Let's start with this weird, sort of weird Victor Oladipo story. I'll take you through this. According to Wendy, Ryan Windhorst, the Pacers are in an unresolved situation regarding three million dollars in salary. When it comes to Oladipo, under the rules the NBA established for its season restart in Orlando, players who were healthy but opted not to play would have to forego the remaining salary for the season. Two weeks ago, you guys remember, I think you told it to Shams, Oladipo said he was healthy but had decided not to play to ensure recovery from his quad tendon tear. The players' union believes Oladipo, who went to Orlando with the Pacers and then cleared quarantine so he could practice, should be paid his remaining salary, but the league believes, well, Vic opted out, and so he should not be paid. And then a day later, Oladipo told reporters there's a strong possibility he might even play. He's down there, so he might just play. Little Wild, are you up or down on Oladipo tasks, still pondering his return here, and maybe even who do you side with in this weird situation if he were to not play with the union or the league itself? 
Well, he's going to get paid, and I'm up on him getting paid. He's trying to come back. Uh, he got injured on company hours, and he's trying to be his best self, whether it's this year or next year. So uh, he's 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 physically there, and he's working out. It's not like he's slagging off somewhere. Uh, and uh, so I'm up for him getting paid, and I'm up for if he decides to come on the floor, another all-star being on the floor. But I don't think he's going to be his all-star self. He's going to be sort of on the same level, I would guess, as Malcolm Brogdon and Demata Sabonis. He's going to be one of the five guys with Miles Turner and TJ Warren out there that's going to be really, really good. And it's like uh, Demata Sabonis said on a Zoom call uh, to reporters, because that's what we're doing right now. Uh, he said he's good to have out there. Having him around completes the team. We're a full roster. He's another body we can go at. He's an elite player. So he's just making us better at the same time. It's like it's like five. the Pacers are like five of the same guy. Um, and you can't just sit on any of them at this point. Uh, Brogdon's got to be better. Sabone's got to be better because Old Depot's not going to be a super-duper all-star. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know what's changed with him physically, but I'm sure he's just trying to work his butt off and get back to uh, get back to being out there. So don't, I, I'm, I'm good with absolutely everything going on there. Yeah, the Pacers have... They've publicly supported Oladipo. I mean, they're saying it's his decision to make, and it sounds like they're even like, we're cool with paying him, uh, yeah, regardless right. if he plays or not. But you can sort of see where the league is like, they're almost, they, I think Winhor said this, you almost have to look at it as like they may want to set a precedent right here. If if you're cleared to play and you don't, should you still be paid? Because otherwise, the league might look at guys that are down there who are deemed healthy, who hell might even play, and then are like, eh, I just don't want to play anymore. But, you know, I'm still going to cash those checks. And that could be a problem. I don't know. Is Oladipo the reason this is an issue is uh, to be made an example of like, hey, man, if you're healthy and you said you were healthy and you don't play, then you're not going to get paid. Trey, what do you think? I'm 100% with you. You know, the Pacers are saying we're paying him either way. This is about everybody else that's not Victor Oladipo because if the league comes out and they guarantee pay for all players, which they should do since these guys have contracts, it then puts the onus on the players to play for the love of the game. So now uh, the players are the ones who can look like the bad guys by saying, I'm healthy, I just don't want to get hurt. But as for Oladipo, you know, he's in Orlando. He's risking the virus. So uh, to me, he should 100% be paid. The only difference is is that if he decides to sit out of games, he's not going to be risking injury that, you know, a Jason Tatum or a De'Aaron Fox would be doing. Um, hopefully, though, in, in those cases, you know, like the Celtics or the Kings, they would do the same thing that the Pacers are doing, saying, mm-hmm. it's your choice, man. We got your back no matter what. If you want to play, we're going to pay you. If you want to sit and you want to be healthy, we're going to pay you because we want you to be healthy in the future as well. Lee? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's just interesting that this is even a story if the Pacers are saying, we're going to pay him no matter what. It's sort of like, I think it could be almost just brushed aside because if they're saying, well, we're going to pay him, we aren't, we respect whatever decision he makes then I, I don't think there's any need to sort of start squabbling over it when it's $3 million. I mean, he's an all-star. He's a That's what player. lawyers do, Lee. They squabble, yeah, exactly. man. <laughs> they always get paid no matter what, you know. Uh, but that, that's the sort of interesting part. If, if, if the, the Pacers' ownership is saying, Drew, uh, excuse me, uh, Victor, it's up to you. If you, want to, if you feel healthy and you're ready to go, go for it. If you want to sit it out, it's fine by us. We don't mm-hmm. hold that against you. To show that, that we have no hard feelings, we're going to pay you your full salary. So you make the right decision. And, and what else is interesting is Nate McMillan is saying, we're assuming he won't be playing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, whatever conversations they've had in the last few days, Nate's later stance on it is like, I don't think he's going to play. So it's a, it's, it's a bit of a weird one. But it, it, it sort of has a bit of a feel that, that Oladipo is like, I don't think I'm ready to go. And then he was like, someone said, well, you're not going to get paid. And he's like, 
or okay, maybe yeah. I am. Maybe I am okay then. You know, that's what it sounds like. So, but, but he was always going down there. He was always going down there, even yeah. when he said, "Oh no," and he said he was gonna he was gonna work out with the team to get his sort of you know keep himself in some sort of shape. So yeah, I mean, I understand. Maybe the league he is wanting- dominating the practices, right? Like maybe he's down there. He's thinking, "I'm just gonna be getting some work in so that I can be ready to go for 2021." And maybe he's the best player on the court. Maybe I should be stepping on for the Pacers. I understand the league wanting to set an example as well. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a, it's a very unique situation. But, uh, yeah, they're looking at the other 21 teams and they say, whoa, uh, Devin Booker, if you're going to play till July 31st, you guys lose your first game and you're just going to bow out and you're still going to get right. your full salary. I, I, you know, I think this is all in good faith. As Trey said, uh, these guys are going down there and risking potentially having getting the coronavirus and so is yeah. Victor Oladipo. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm being naive, but I don't see other guys getting out there, running up and down for three weeks and then saying, eh, I've had enough. I mean, I think they're going to go through their regular season schedule and the guys are going to sit at times because the eight regular season games are not going to be treated like playoff games. That's for sure. But I don't see guys just bowing out and saying, taking this check and running home. I, I don't think that they are. They are at danger. You know, it's it's. It is definitely safe in there um, uh, to this point, uh, but at the same time, uh, I don't know. I, I have faith that they're they're in good faith. They're playing yeah. under good conditions there. Yeah, c- couldn't the Pacers and Oladipo just be like, all right, we'll put you in for 30 seconds a game? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd be a, obviously a workaround. You played. Yeah, we played him a minute. We put him in for 10 seconds. Yeah, but, but they're going to pay know. him even if he doesn't play. I know I'm saying to to appease the league. I mean, I, that I'm sure would upset them even more. I get it. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, look, I, I I understand what the league's pro- the worry is. They're like, uh-oh, uh-oh. If we do this with him, that could lead to more guys doing this. Like, why not? Why couldn't that be the case? You just hope it wouldn't, like you guys were saying. All right. Yeah. I can't wait to see him in the playoffs, though. Like, he is a decoy uh, no matter what, even if he's not Oladipo. Like, he is at least. Well, do you, you think know, he's going to play then? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Huh. Who the heck knows? Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Game. Who knows? It <laughs> yeah. sounds uh, right now that he's leaning towards the possibility. Yeah. And as Trey said, maybe he's like surprised himself with how he feels and how he's playing down there. Who, who knows? Who knows? All right, next one. Good news. NBA players now have the freedom to wear their own clothes when walking from the team bus into the facilities at Orlando. Initially, the NBA said that it would require players to get dressed for games in their hotel rooms stating that the players must be in uniform and warm-ups when they arrive to the venue. Of course, if that happened, well, we wouldn't have these great, basically, fashion shoots that we always see. What shoes are they rocking? What is Kelly Oubre Jr. wearing? You know, stuff like that. But the NBA has decided to revise its policy, or at least clarify that that was incorrect when that first report broke. So, up or down, on the league, deciding to allow these players to wear their own wardrobes to games. Lee, what do you think? When I started reading this article from Nick DePaula, I started up because it says players can wear a variety of relaxed items from their own wardrobes upon arrival that are clean and neat in appearance, including presentable shorts. So I'm like, great, I'm up. (laughs) Yep. But that paragraph ends with this. However, players not in uniform at games must be wearing pants while seated on the bench. So I'm down. down. Are you telling me you can wear shorts to the arena, but then you're going to change into pants to go out and watch the game? It, yeah, if you're not if you're not playing, yes. <laughs> no way, man. 
Do you know how hard it is to be in shorts and then put on pants when it's a beautiful hot day down there in Orlando? Like, well, you're if like, you've got those pants that you can zip yeah. uh, legs off, then it's actually not that much of a problem. It just takes like 30 seconds. No, but they're not neat and presentable, those pants. I think if you're wearing shorts and you're looking great and you're coming in off the bus and then someone says, here you go, you got to whack your dacks on and go and sit on the bench. You're like... No, man, I'm in shorts today. I'm wearing shorts today. I've got my cool shoes as well. It matches the whole outfit. So I, I just can't believe you're going to make people wear pants on the bench. What's the difference? If you're wearing neat and presentable shorts to the arena, they're still neat and presentable when you're sitting on the bench. Uh, outraged by this. Big time down. Oh, Lee, do you think you have more uh, presentable shorts or non-presentable shorts? Well, that probably is open for debate. Um, I do have a lot of I do have a lot of uh, basketball shorts because they are absolutely the most comfortable shorts to wear. Now, I accept that they're not necessarily neat and presentable to be wearing on the bench. But again, if I'm not playing and I'm in Orlando, you know I'm wearing shorts and they're neat and presentable. The ones I wore at uh, Vegas Summer League, they were never scruffy. They were always neat and presentable. They were, they were nice. They were nice yeah. shorts. And I would say everybody was wearing nice shorts when we were yeah. wearing shorts. And listen, shorts. We, were sitting, we were sitting courtside a couple of times in Vegas and no one came up and said, whoa, guys, whoa, the shorts, no thanks. Go and put on a pair of dacks. <laughs> Everyone was just like, yeah, it's fine. Oh, yeah, we have great were legs. Were we playing in the game? We weren't no. playing in a basketball Yeah, but <laughs> the, the point being that the short, no, one, no one was like, hey, you guys are courtside, the TV cameras are here, we want neat and presentable shorts. They, 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 they are. They're not, they're not ugly, scruffy shorts. So, yeah, very disappointed. I hope the NBA changes course on this too. Okay, so you're up, yeah, you're up on them being allowed to wear whatever they want to the game, but yes. then if you're not playing, you got to wear pants. You're down on that. Trey, what do you think? Big time down. Yeah, I would say I'm trending up, but I'm still like plateauing here because there should be absolutely zero restrictions for what these guys are wearing. Show up in a sleeveless shirt. Show up in some short shorts. Who cares? We're happy to have basketball on TV. <laughs> Literally nobody who is watching this is going to care what players on the bench are wearing. Okay. I do like, though, that the players are still allowed to dress in full uniforms if they want to. Good news if Jason Terry happens to get picked up. You know, a lot of older players are getting picked up. That guy likes to sleep in his uniform. Maybe he will never change. The worst part, though, the part you have to be down on, no post-game showers. 40 minutes after the game, the players are going to be leaving from uh, from the game from the game arena to their to their hotels. That's Hell 40 right. minutes of not being able to shower. Uh, you, you're not going to want to put on a pair of pants after, after that kind of game. Maybe if they're tearaways, it's fine. But... Uh, I don't know. Why do, why do you care at all if we're seeing people's knees? Yeah, Jess? I don't even think you're going to see knees either because the players who aren't playing aren't going to be on the front row of the bench either, right? They are going to be in the, the second, third row. And so you're not, <laughs> seeing, you're not seeing legs. I don't think, mm. I don't think you're even going to know unless you've got the, uh, the tunnel angle seeing them walk out. I don't think during the games you're going to be able to see knee down or even like chest down for that matter. So uh, strange one. Uh, yeah. And I think post-game, as Trey was talking about, uh, I guess guys, as, as Nick DePaula wrote, players may now prefer to switch out of their sweaty uniforms into, quote, appropriate team-identified apparel to head back onto the bus while carrying their pre-game outfits in a duffel bag. <laughs> uh, That's kind of like you in the mornings, though, before the show, isn't it, Tass? You go for your workout, and then you come straight in and record the pod. Like, how does it feel not going for a shower first? Yeah, but I don't change. I also don't change. I'm just sweaty <laughs> as a mofo. That's unhygienic. <laughs> hygienic though Taz because I do that after runs too I'll just sit out on the front porch you know have some water look at my phone after a long run where I'm sweating but Nora's always yelling at me she's like you should be showering right away I mean you're, she's right 
She's right. She's right. I, I feel for these guys. That's why that itch is happening. Uh, um, <laughs> that's they, not poil with poison ivy. <laughs> <laughs> Buy stock in gold bond medicated powder. Chasing yeah. on the rise. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for my Hawthorne read a little bit later. Um, <laughs> I th- but I do, th- I, I, like post game, I get it. Uh, guys are sweaty. Don't want them changing. I guess that increases, yeah. uh, you know, interactions with people. And for, but for 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 the pregame, I, I like. I may be naive. I don't know the exactly how the virus is going to be contracted with guys changing in the locker rooms. I, I think I think it's fine. I don't think it increases the possibility of it being contracted. And I think it's just a little bit of normalcy for players. I'm not feeling sorry for the players, but it's like. I mean, even when you you traveled from high school to high school playing basketball, you didn't go in your jump in your 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 warm ups. You you had something else on, right? Like mm-hmm. this is I think this is just sort of normal for dudes, and it's already abnormal being down there. And I think I think this is good. I think you're going to see increased play because guys can dress as they want pregame. <laughs> I actually think Tess, um, maybe it has less to do with like the risk of. Uh, transmitting or passing the virus back and forth in the locker room or in the shower or whatever. And maybe it's actually like, we need to get these guys out of this locker room so we can clean this locker room so then more Mm. people can come into the locker room and play another game. Like there are, I assume there are not at these arenas a lot of locker rooms, right? Like Mm. there there may only be two for all I know. And we know that there's going to be like all of these games going throughout the day. Maybe it's like just a pure like, we got to get them the hell out of here. And some of these guys take forever to shower and get dressed and all that. Let's get them back to their hotel room. I'm sure it's yeah, a little bit of They're also both. spending four months together. Just change behind the bleachers. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're <laughs> it, would, it would be funny, though, if they just said, right, everyone has to turn up in uniform and that's it. you got to like, strut in. Yeah. Like, that'd be like, funny. Like when your kid's playing in like in the summer league, like you, you, you would just turn up in uniform because it was so hot. It was like, all right, yeah, cool. Just imagine LeBron walking in just in his full Lakers gear. I'm ready. I'm ready. I love, you know how furious a guy like PJ Tucker would be if they didn't oh, reverse yeah. course on this? He brought like something like 91 pairs of shoes. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't be able to like show them off at all. How many, like, how many suitcases does it oh, take no. to bring 91 pairs of shoes or duffel bags or whatever? Like, yeah, that's a lot. I like the detail that he was getting ready to leave. He's like, oh. I just can't leave these 24 pairs. Got to grab them. He's just got a pair, like a bag full of 24 shoes ready to go just in case he needs them. It's like, a, you know, when you're going to the hospital to have a baby, you're supposed to have a go bag ready. Yep. But uh, for PJ Tucker, it's a, a shoe baby, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Duffel bag. And he set up an 85-inch TV in his hotel yeah. room as well. Okay, <laughs> smart. Smart guy. He plans on uh, the Rockets being there for a long time, I think. All right, so we are we are generally up on that, but yeah, come on. You should be able to wear shorts, we're saying, even if you're not playing in the game and you're just on the bench, second, third row, who cares? Let's see some legs. Come on, live a little. <laughs> All right, next one here. Oh, my God. Stan Van Gundy, now on Twitter. The former NBA coach, he told Josh Robbins of The Athletic that he joined last week to support specific political candidates and to advocate for social justice. My man, this dude is making up for lost time. In his first week, Van Gundy has tweeted about 300 times, already has 40,000 plus followers. He's cranking it out at real Stan VG. Up or down, Trey, why don't you get us started? Up or down on Stan Van Gundy joining Twitter. Oh, I'm up on this because I was a little bit off of social media over the weekend. You know, I've been doing a lot of stuff, being a little bit more busy, getting away from the phone. 
And I saw this kind of like popping up in our Slack channels and in our documents, like, oh, what's up with Stan Van Gundy on Twitter? So I went over and I couldn't believe this man's advocacy. I never thought that I would be getting podcast recommendations on Twitter from Stan Van Gundy, but the guy is recommending the Justice in America podcast. Can't wait to listen to it. The only thing I'm down on, we gotta get him verified. Even his mm. Twitter profile picture is him holding up a paper that says "Real Stan VG." Yeah. You know, we're a week in, and he still doesn't have the blue check mark. I guess that's good for last night. He wouldn't be yeah. able to get these tweets off, but uh, I don't know. Maybe they're waiting for him uh, to show his basketball handle skills to really know it's him before they <laughs> bequeath the check mark. But uh, yeah, as soon as I actually scrolled through SVG's uh, feed, I was 100% in on following. Mm. Mm. I, I think uh, he's in the honeymoon period of Twitter right now too, where he's just like, you know what? This is what I'm saying. These are my opinions. I don't care what anyone says. Just wait till he starts getting the blowback, especially from all the right wingers, because he's clearly out there as, as a liberal and as a left supporting all those candidates, uh, Stan. It's just a matter of time. So if so, someone gets hold of him and all of a sudden his feed is just uh, negative and people coming at him. Nah, and, he may not you know, care, Lee. He yeah, may not care. I hope not because he's great. And I, and I like his honesty and I like his openness there. Like the Stan, Stan Van was always great in scrums. Like he's a very uh, clever guy. He's very sarcastic and he's funny. And I think it's really coming through in his tweets too. He's great. He, he's, uh, he's great too. So now we need to see him on Instagram. And then we need him to really get on TikTok. If I see a Stan Van TikTok, <laughs> no. I, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> no, please don't do that. Just Pretty sure Twitter. that won't happen. Yeah, uh, what do you think, Cassie? Yeah, I think his uh, his wife is the one who got him on Twitter. His wife and, and his and his son. I heard him on uh, tampering with Sam Amick, and he, mm. he was on a call actually regarding people being elected state attorneys, district attorneys that he wanted to get elected for criminal justice reform and they were talking about their strategies how do we get these people elected in in florida etc and uh, they just kept talking about social media so he called his wife and he said should i get on social media do i need to get on twitter and she said uh yes dan and so his son set him up and and he was talking about what lee was saying there that you know the notifications tab uh I don't, I don't want to get into fights. I, th I think his wife or his son put a little bit of tape over the piece of uh, the part of the phone where the notifications tab is so he never presses it, so he never reads anything from anybody that uh, says anything that's uh, anti-left. But I love it because, listen, we share similar views. It's always good to follow accounts I agree with and pretend the other side doesn't matter. That's always good for conversation. That's always good for keeping things open. SVG is great, and he's, uh, he's in the Orlando area. He's 45 minutes away from the arena, uh, but... Like the Orlando Magic, when he goes and works for Turner and NBA TV, he's going to go right in the bubble. He can't just drive in and out. But no complaints from Stan Van. Stan Van doesn't complain. He's going to be in there, uh, as he told Sam Amick, and uh, just like everybody else. So can't wait for Stan Van on the broadcast as well. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that little part that he's going to be in there. Stan Van Gundy in the bubble. <laughs> Make that a reality <laughs> show for sure. Watch the hell out of that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're all up on Stan Van. He's on Twitter. It's great. Next one here. We sprinkled this um, this next news. We've talked about it like a little bit. We've like again sprinkled it in over the last couple of shows. But let's get some official thumbs on it here. Sixers are moving Ben Simmons from his usual point guard spot to the power forward position. They haven't practiced at least. It's it appears that they're going to be doing this when we actually restart the season in two weeks' time, guys. Yeah, we're going to basketball two weeks from today. Shake Milton will start at the point guard spot. So, officially, are you up or down on the Sixers moving Ben Simmons to the power forward position, Tass? What do you think? I'm up, baby. Okay. Can times be any weirder than right now? Well, they're going to get weirder. Ben Simmons is going to shoot jumpers. I can feel it. 
Uh, he's, <laughs> he talked about the pick and roll and the pick and pop. Uh, you know, he doesn't shoot anything outside the paint usually. Usually, if it, if it is, he gets into the body, spins, fades, and his body is outside the paint. And we're probably going to see some of that. I, th- I think it's just going to be weird town down there, and that includes Ben Simmons not just driving, uh, although we'll see a lot of that. But I think yeah. we're, we're going to see a little slight uptick in Ben Simmons and the confidence and the jumper. I just feel like it's bizarro world and Ben is going to be part of that. And it's not he's he's, he's going to be this going to add this little little part to his game. I'm not saying he's shooting threes. I'm not dumb, uh, but he's but I can see some more jumpers. He was draining them from all over the place. I think he <laughs> hit two. Yeah, yep. he didn't. He hit one from half. Oh, yeah. Earlier this year. Yeah. Yeah. And he hit one from half court. Uh, in practice the other day of course he's gonna start shooting them from there too benny buckets trey what do you think about this simmons going to the power forward position what's the deal with brett brown caring so much about labeling ben simmons position we're acting like we've never seen this before ben simmons playing power forward watch their playoff games from last year he was playing power forward they just had jimmy butler around now it's going to be shake milton in the starting lineup basically because shake milton is a better dribbler and passer than anybody else besides Ben Simmons on the Sixers, right? Like Josh Richardson not getting it done as a playmaker. Tobias Harris, same thing. The only thing this really does is it answers the Al Horford question. Horford, Simmons, and Embiid, we found out you can't play three of them at the same time. It just doesn't make sense. So they're getting some more playmaking in the starting lineup. They're making it so that only two of Embiid, Simmons, and Horford are on the court at the same time. And that was a question going back into the bubble because... Al Horford had gone to the bench, but then uh, when some injuries happened, he came back into the starting lineup. They've been in and out, in and out. We didn't know exactly what it's going to look like. Now we sort of do, but like, who cares, Brett Brown, if Ben Simmons is a point guard or a power forward? Let him have the ball. Let him have let him not have the ball and when he doesn't have the ball it makes more sense to involve him as a screener or somebody who's in the post rather than just standing in the corner where nobody's going to guard him yeah no I sort of agree with that too I mean a lot of the talk and rightfully so is like oh the purpose is to get more out of Ben Simmons maybe his skill set but I actually think this might be addressing the Al Horford situation like you said Trey it's like that's what this is really doing yeah you get Shake Milton there to run your offense and the and the guy that can shoot which you always want to surround a guy like Joel Embiid and even Ben Simmons for that matter, and just get Al Horford out of the starting lineup because it didn't really work all that well. It was clunky with Embiid uh, um, and Horford starting together. So that's what it really does, this like jockeying of positions, because um, it doesn't really matter what you slap on Ben Simmons. He's a player. He's good. He has his deficiencies. Sure, yeah, shooting. He's not great at that. Maybe he'll get better. Maybe he won't. But he's still an all-star. He's awesome. Um, so yeah, I think it's actually more about Horford in a weird way than I do about Simmons. But what do you think, Lee? Yeah, I mean, Brett Brown has to figure out a way to get that offense just uncongested because that's the problem. Like, defensively, they're they're an incredible team, Philadelphia. They've got bodies everywhere. They've got long arms. They can contest shots, and they grab rebounds. But on the offensive end, you look at it sometimes, and you're like, there's no movement. There's too many guys sort of down in the post. You know, Embiid and Simmons are sort of all over each other. So they need to figure out a way just to create a little bit more opening and a bit more flow. And maybe if Simmons is not necessarily in control of the ball, if he's screening, then rolling to the rim, and B then doesn't have to be down there as much, maybe that 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 will open things up. Because if this Philadelphia offense can get going and get humming to the to its capabilities, then the Sixers, I think, really do vault themselves up into the conversation as as a possible team to come out of the East. But mm-hmm. from what we've seen so far from them this season, it's just you just sort of don't feel that they've got the uh, ability to knock off, you know, Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, maybe because it just looks. Their offense just looks so so muddled and and just so confusing. So, I think Brett Brown's just trying to figure out a way to uh, to unlock it a little bit. We will see. See if it works.
Brett Brown, why not try it? I mean, we don't know if he'll be able to... If the, if the Sixers flame out in the first round in this weird bubble environment, does he still keep his job? I think we we were saying before the season shut down, if they were to get to the playoffs in a normal season, of course, and they flamed out early, he probably would have been gone, I think. Um, yeah. We were debating that. Now I don't know if that changes that you know that equation or not um, because of the bubble, but... He's going to try things here, and he, and he absolutely should. And I think I actually think this makes a lot of sense, especially with what you're getting from Shake Milton. They like that. And again, moving Horford to the bench, I think it's, it's a smart move. All right, next one. This one is hilarious. A video of a chef cutting seemingly realistic objects only to reveal that they are, in fact, cakes. It went viral this week. I hope you guys saw the vid. It's got like 30 million views, this one video I saw. Features various objects. Crocs. Toilet paper, potted plants, bananas, a pizza, so much more. It's a long video. It's like four minutes long. There's a lot of uh, objects that are, in fact, cake. So, are you up or down on this phenomenon? Cakes that look like real things. Lee, what do you think? I'm up on the creativity of it, for sure, because that that video is just amazing. You look at it, and they look so real. I think there's a cheeseburger in there as well. Sure. And you're like, I mean, what's he thinking, this person, you know, when they're creating this stuff to, like... I want to just fool everybody. Here's a ca- here's a cheeseburger, but no, it's actually a cake. Just look how crazy this is. Some of them are incredible. Like the pizza is like it's got all the toppings on it and everything. But why are you making a croc uh, into a cake? That's the part that I'm like cro- crocs. Uh, you lost me at crocs. Everything what? else is. <laughs> so you're why, fine why? when he's making a cake out of other food, but not an object. Is that right? Like, like at least then you sort of can understand you're going to eat it. You go, oh, I thought it was pizza. Now it's cake. Okay, well that's fine. I, I I planned on eating it, but a croc or a toilet a toilet roll, the toilet roll. <laughs> like, what what what, what is that? I, uh, I don't get it. The bananas in there as well. Um, he had like a whole like um roasted vegetables chopping board and everything as well yeah, yeah. like it the detail is just unbelievable it's just super super weird you know i'm up on it okay. i mean it's 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 crazy but it's like a bar of soap who wants to go mm, i want to eat a bar of soap yeah that one know? looks amazing that one is wild yeah. I, nora sent me another video she's like have you seen yeah. the chicken one i'm like no what are you talking about the chicken wasn't in this one i'll send it to you guys uh, after we're done this it's um it's really gross because it's raw chicken like they've made like you know like you go to a Publix and you buy chicken breasts right yeah. raw chicken breasts that you would cook with the you know the the uh, saran wrap over the top or whatever it looks like that so the pieces the chicken cutlets are cake yeah which <laughs> but it's is so gross. weird yeah. uh, it's really weird that one um, but Trey what do you think uh, of this phenomenon this viral video. Uh, don't copy me on that email. I don't need to see it. I don't need to you see it. You don't like this? No. You don't like if it? You see, if you see one cake that is an object, you've seen them all. Because guess what? No matter what they cut into, when they say it's a cake, it's a cake on the inside. <laughs> I don't want to eat any of these. Fondant is probably the most disgusting thing you can put on a cake. Mm. These are all made of fondant. I can't imagine watching four minutes of people cutting into cake. It's not yeah. even fun when you're watching you know, like 40 seconds of somebody cutting into a cake at a wedding. You're like, all right, smash it into each other's faces and let's move on to the dancing. How in the world do 30 million people have the patience to watch four minutes of cutting into cake? No thanks. Tess? Mm. They probably tuned out after 30 seconds, Trey, but they still got that hit. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I just lo- I love cake, and I understand what Trey is saying about fondant, but at the same time, you can just peel that back and go for the cake it peels off very easily but it's uh 
It's weird, obviously. Um, yeah. I'm just I'm I'm way up on cake, so it's hard to go down. I just love a good cake. That being said, I love fresh cake. There is absolutely nothing like a fresh cake, and cake that takes a lot of work on the outside, it's less likely to be fresh on the mm. inside. You got to bake mm. the cake, and then you work on the outside, so that takes time. But you know, there's in theory. You put a buttercream on the outside, and that sort of seals the freshness while you do the work on the outside. So that, it, but it's still it's not it's not fresh, and there's absolutely nothing like a fresh cake. So, the creativity, love it. The cake, eh, eh. I want a fresh one. All right, JD, what do you think about this? Real objects that are fat cake. Everything might be cake. Is the is the worry here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm. I was into it. Um, I like art like anyone and i like mm-hmm. cake but i just did a search for gross cakes oh yeah what do you got you got dogs I and got, babies and stuff i got a kitty litter box i got a <laughs> very erect penis okay. i got three musketeers <laughs> with maggots coming out of it i've got an ashtray with a pat like a completely full ashtray with a pack of cigarettes next to it amazing that's gross but oh, it looks very cool but I'm not eating that. No way. No. I'm down. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you. I mean, Lee, you're sort of up on this. Uh, what object would you ask the No Dunks crew to, uh, you know, commission for you? What real object could we make a cake for you? You know, I'm sure Taz's wife, Danielle, she's a, a, a fantastic baker. Maybe she could pull this off. What do you want? What object? <laughs> A basketball. Why not? Oh, God. That's a boring answer. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, it reminds me of the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode with the penis cake. The funk houses get, remember? And then uh, and then Larry goes in and orders the cake and the guy brings him out the penis cake. And he's going, oh, the funk man. <laughs> he gave us a penis cake on purpose. <laughs> uh, go and check it out. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of videos to share with yeah. each other after this podcast. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's, uh, let's hear from you guys out there. Tweet at us, at No Dunks Inc. You up or down on cakes that look like real objects. Uh, just like you, Trey, Nora, big time down on this. She hates this. She's like, this is gross. These cakes, first off, probably don't taste all that good. And I hate this phenomenon. So you're not alone, for sure. Yeah, if you were t- asking me what kind of object you want my cake to look like, make it look like a cake so I can mm. actually eat it. <laughs> Ooh, wow, next level. This looks like a cake, and it is a cake. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, we got a lot more still to throw some thumbs on, but before we do, a quick word from our sponsor. Look. I love my personal care products from Hawthorne that we all rave about. We even mentioned it earlier in this podcast. That's how much we love it. But I have some qualms, too. It's time for a complainted area ad spot. Can't we resolve this conflict without anger? Yeah, that's right. In the spirit of Maddie O, I am going to air my gripes because I, nor Maddie Austin, are above complaining about free stuff. So, Hawthorne, (laughs) Hawthorne, it's been a great couple of months with you, got to be honest. But the print on the bottles is coming off in the shower. The white labeling, which once read, body wash now looks like snow on the side of a bottle now i contacted hawthorne and they said it tends to happen with showers essentially steaming it off i gotta disagree Uh, my shampoo and conditioner labels are fine as i haven't been using them and i haven't been taking hot showers because i got poison ivy on my legs and that just makes it burn it's a wear and tear issue 
That's what's happening, Hawthorne. Still, they're addressing it. Can't complain. Second, all of the body wash, shampoo, conditioner bottles are exactly the same size and color. You guys know this, right? Mm-hmm. You it's go true. to pick one. You go to pick one up, and you're like, ah, nah, that's not the one I wanted. Yeah. Hawthorne said they're working on addressing that because it's a major issue for people who are far-sighted. They can't read it. These guys yeah. are good. Hey, that's smart. They should just change the cap color. That's all you got to do. You don't even mm. have to worry about this. Keep the bottles the exact same or at least address the uh, label peeling off for Tass. <laughs> it really irks them. But yeah, change the cap. That'd be, that's a great idea. Cap's a good idea. Also, not a lot of, not very labor intensive. You don't have to change all the bottles. No, just change no. the caps. Yeah. Just get a new cap provider, Hawthorne. Beautiful. <laughs> that's what we're here for. We're a workshop. We got yeah. lots of time. We're a focus group. All right. Uh, lastly... This isn't like a Matt Austin 48-minute uh, complainted area. <laughs> Lastly, the bottles have fallen out of my hands multiple times. <laughs> okay, see, that's, that's you. That's you. No, Your no. hands yeah, are too soft. That's a human error. I've no. never I've dropped them I've those once. hands before too slippery. They're slippery. They are slippery. I'm convinced they're slippery. Hawthorne replied to me, actually, and said, you're a buffoon. Learn to hold, <laughs> learn to hold something in your hand, you idiot. I agree with that. No, they didn't reply that, but... Oh. <laughs> The silence to that complaint <laughs> said it all. Oh, yeah. um, they are slippery. Anyway, uh, also, I need some refills. And that works out well, because Hawthorne.co gets you 10% off your first purchase with the code NODUNKS. That's Hawthorne.co. And use our promo code NODUNKS to get 10% off your first purchase. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co. That's for you, Matteo. My birthday test, well, yours too, I guess, in a month's time, about, give or take, could you talk to Danielle and make me, um, and have her make me a cake that's Hawthorne products? (laughs) (laughs) Body wash, some deodorant. That would be cool. Trey, maybe you would even like that. Oh yeah! If if you're making cakes into Hawthorne products, uh, I will be up on that, but only if they have different colored caps. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I think what I'm what I'm thinking, what I envision this cake, it's just a cake, yep. and you stick the three. I got three bottles. Yep. Stick them right on top, so you got a Hawthorne <laughs> cake right there. Boom. All right. I love it. Back into the up down report. According to Yahoo's Chris Haynes, Jimmy Butler had security called on him last week at his Disney World hotel room for causing a disturbance. Haynes said security received a complaint about a loud thumping going on. Hmm. (laughs) When the security guard went to the room, the guard encountered Jimmy Buckets with his practice gear on, drenched in sweat. (laughs) Butler reportedly was dribbling a basketball late until the early morning. Uh, So he's making a ton of noise. But... I'm throwing on my tinfoil hat for this one, guys. And I'd like to credit Kurt Helen at NBC Sports for this wild theory. What if Jimmy Butler actually called security on himself and made sure the story was leaked to Chris Haynes just so the legend of Jimmy's crazy work ethic, you know, carried into the bubble? All right, that's the conspiracy here. Are you up or down on the idea that Jimmy Butler called security on himself? Trey, is there anything to this? 
This is true. This is 100% true. I'm 100% up. Nobody wants you to know more about their workout schedule than Jimmy Butler. We heard about him working out at 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. when he got to the heat. We heard about his practice with the Minnesota Timberwolves, which he went on ESPN and talked about immediately afterwards. This is a classic Jimmy Butler story. It has to be true. But if it turns out that it's not true and it's somebody else... It's still a great story because it means the first real complaint we hear about from uh, the bubble snitch hotline is a neighborly complaint. Uh, and I think that's way funnier than somebody violating protocol. They're like, they're just keeping me up here in my, my hotel room, which now means we got to hear the scoop of who called it in. You know, yeah. is it yeah. is it another player? Is it a coach who's actually trying to get some sleep? Either way, the story is great, but I do think it's Jimmy Butler uh, turning in Jimmy Butler. <laughs> It'd be great if TJ Warren is in the room below him. Oh. He's, like, he's like, man, I can't believe this. Right, I'm calling the cops. That's it, Jimmy. Stop working out at 3 a.m. in the morning. But I, I actually agree with Trey. I think Jimmy is like, man, you can't keep me in my hotel room. I'm going to get a workout in no matter what. Look how hard I'm working, everybody. And he just wants it out there to know that when that when the game starts, Jimmy's going to be ready because that's his whole thing. It's like he, he's always ready. He's always in shape and he always wants to go. And he's saying, even in my hotel room while you guys are all sleeping, yeah. I'm getting a few dribbles in. I respect it. I was going to say, it sounds like something you would do, Lee. Just, oh, for sure. You got a basketball in your room. You're, I don't know if you're dribbling it as much as you're shooting it at something, but you're breaking lamps, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm definitely dribbling. I'm getting a few shots up as well, but yeah, yeah. I'm dribbling, working on the handle. Tass, uh, will you agree with us here? Everybody sounds like they're up on the conspiracy theory that Jimmy called the cops on himself, called security on himself. What do you think? It almost makes too much sense not to be true. <laughs> I, I got to believe it. I got to believe it. When he was working out at 3.30 in the Miami Heat's gym, Who's reporting on that? It's not the security guard. It's Jimmy calling a reporter and saying, hey, report on me working out at 3.30. Let people know that I'm there at 3.30. Uh, Jimmy loves telling people Jimmy works out. I, I think that's. I think it's entirely plausible, which is very, very funny. Next one here. Damian Lillard turned 30 on Wednesday, and the Trailblazers, they tried their best to throw him a party there in Orlando. C.J. McCollum, he uh, decorated Dame's presidential suite door yes he's got the big room dame does and according to mark spears the party included some bubbly some crown royal lemon pepper wings short ribs and some surprises um which i think we're still waiting to maybe learn of the surprises if we learn of the surprises because the party happened uh late last night happy birthday to lillard but jd let's go with you first are you up or down on the blazers throwing damian lillard a grown man a 30th birthday party in the bubble. I'm up on it. Of course okay. I'm up on it. It's a party. He's turning 30. That's a big one. That's a big one. True, true. Especially in a basketball player's life. You know, you're leaving your, your 20s. And, yeah, you're, you're allowed to have a party. I'm hoping to get a party. I'm turning 50 this year. Woo! Wow. And it's going to be in a bubble, probably, the way things are going. So <laughs> it's going to be one to remember. Sure. I'm going to get some crystal up in here. So you're you're up on this. No problems with this. No, why would I have a problem? Unless, uh, of course, uh, I'm assuming everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, no outsiders in yeah. bubble people only. But yeah, I'm into it. Okay. Maybe maybe Jimmy Butler uh, didn't get invited. And so mm. he's like, all right, you're not going to invite me to your party. I'm just going to be bouncing the ball all night. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Trey, what do you think about Lillard's 30th here? 
Uh, it's just nice that he gets to have a birthday party, you know. I'm sure with all of the teams spread out throughout uh, the country during uh, the shutdown, there was no chance to have a birthday party. So it works out nice that he turns 30 when they're actually all together. Uh, you know, we saw some of uh, the footage of Dwight Howard going to, like, a DJ uh, at a pool and there was nobody else there just a yeah. DJ playing to some empty chairs and Dwight I hope it was a little bit more fun than that and yeah. I suspect it was because uh, Mark J Spears reported that agent Aaron Goodwin also got Lillard a very expensive birthday present that he was uncomfortable mailing to Orlando mm. that sounds interesting to me yeah. what would you what's so expensive that you can't mail it to Orlando a car I guess you wouldn't be driving a car around the bubble uh, a really cool golf cart to get around Disney World I don't know or maybe it's like just like something you could in theory mail, but it's so damn expensive you don't want to get lost <laughs> in the mail it, yeah. or never like a watch or something or a piece of jewelry or something. Yeah, who knows? I can't wait to find out what it is though. Uh, Tass, what do you think about this? I'm so so up. Thirtieth birthday, as JD said, got to drink Cristal to this one. Uh, JD, when are you turning fifty? Later this year, November seven. November mm. seven. Mm. Too bad. Dame would have dropped 50 for you uh, mm. if, it was, if, if there was a basketball game on that day. But we'll be having a no-dunks party. It's yeah. the off-season. You got you to come in. You got to yeah. come in for a Zoom party. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so hold on, hold on, hold on. So as long as, like, if this was his 31st birthday party, are we celebrating it? Like, I want to get, I want to dig deep on this. Mm. You know, like, what point do you stop celebrating a birthday party or do you I think never it's, I think it's after the, the so is the milestone in, in America 21 isn't it when you can start drinking is that mm-hmm. right but yeah, yeah. For the so most I part, think yeah. 21 21 you're allowed to have one and then on, on the on the when you turn decades so 30 okay. 40 50 but not okay Someone's so like, when I turn, when I turn, uh, well, I'm I'm turning forty this uh, August, so we're, we're, we'll throw a party if we can. But if I'm turning yeah. thirty nine, come on, yeah, you're probably not throwing a birthday party. No way, say. man. No, some no people way. disagree with that, Lee. Some people are like, why wouldn't you throw a birthday? I know. Party? And some people though like to say it's my birthday week and I need to have six oh. different celebrations. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, no, you don't. You're not getting one out of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, you party poopers! If somebody wants no, to have man. a party, they can have a party. Yeah, fine. Have sure. a party have a, oh, yeah, a week moment. a week sure but, sure i get it. i get but when you. when people because you know I've, I've seen a couple of people and they're like oh we're going out for drinks this night and then we're oh, doing this this night definitely do that and i'm like there's no way there is no way unless you're eight years old that you get like to sort of carry it over for a day or two like uh it, that's it you're not getting like a whole week of people fawning over you like because you turned 37 get out of here <laughs> You better never watch Vanderpump Rules, Lee. All they talk about is birthdays. <laughs> I'll, I'll avoid it then. That's pretty easy for me to do. <laughs> what were you saying, JD? I'll, uh, I'll be partying for the entire year. I'm turning 50 for f***'s sakes. I'm partying from November 7, 2020 to yep. November 7, 2021. Oh. Well, enjoy it. Enjoy Thank it. You. But uh, every, t- every time I see you, I'm not giving you a hug. Oh, happy 50th, man. Like six months ago. Like, I'm very happy for you. But I'm not going to be like, ah, oh, JD, what are we doing tomorrow? Another day, another day of 50. <laughs> I got Get you into something. it, man. <laughs> you gotta, we got to buy him something every day. <laughs> that could be a funny little bit, to be honest, actually. But yeah, it's true. <laughs> all right, we got a few more here. We got some fun ones. Um, as you all know, the NBA bubble has turned into a bit of a frat party with everybody shotgun and beers. Um, JJ Redick. He threw one down after his tweet from the day before miraculously hit 10,000 retweets. And he was a man of his word, and he shotguns uh, slowly uh, Bud Light. 
Myers Leonard then sucked <laughs> one back. You know, it's it's become a thing down there. Tass, are you up or down on shotgunning beers? Oh, the NBA turning into a bro show? You know I'm up on it. Why the heck not? Uh, but first, I'm up on a few things. I, light beer, a Bud Light, smart. It's like chugging water. And like Myers Leonard told Zach Lowe, he did it in 2.6 seconds. I guess it was timed. Wow. Somebody timed it. I Click. don't know. I guess the internet was timing it. Yep. He was a little disappointed in himself. He said he grew up in the sticks. He put four beers in a growler once and chugged it back. <laughs> hearing the words growler on a basketball podcast, I absolutely <laughs> loved hearing it. But it was in his room, and you know, there's some spillage. It's going to happen. If you got carpets in there... I don't like that. I don't want my beer stinking like, my room stinking like beer for a yeah. week or months. You know, if you don't clean that thing and they're, they're not cleaning it as much. So I'd be worried about that. I'm sure Myers Leonard's probably spraying that spot with some uh, some axe deodorant or something and cleaning it up. <laughs> Get some Hawthorne in there. Uh, clean that baby up. That's the only part I'm down on. But everybody, everybody chugging beers, like I want 350 players pounding one back on zoom let's do it <laughs> trey what do you think myers leonard throws himself birthday parties i'll tell you that much that guy's still got the chug game down you can tell jj reddick's a 36 year old man he's sitting in a pool it took him like 10 seconds to do it the next yep. thing you know myers leonard's crushing four in the time it took jj reddick to do one then he's got this crazy move where he puts a beer on top of a basketball drops it it pops up back into his hand and he crushed it again oh yeah this is the fan interaction we were looking for we didn't know what it was going to be it turns out it's just going to be people retweeting for players to do bubble stunts when they're in their hotel room. I say we got to get some players doing ice chest. I don't know how many <laughs> retweets it's going to take for Damian Lillard to whip an ice cube at CJ McCollum's chest, but if it's got to be 50,000, I'm here for it. Mm. Oh, yeah, and, and an ice chest was it originated in a hotel room. That's, oh, yeah. that's, that's where it started, the game of ice chest that we in created. In Portland, wasn't it? Was, I think it was in Portland. Yeah, yeah, I think you're That's it. Yeah, yeah the, it's got to be the Blazers. Hopefully, <laughs> at his birthday party, they played ice chest. <laughs> I can just imagine. Maybe the that's what line. He's... Um, excuse me. Uh, I hear a whole bunch of uh, loud smashes and people groaning. I don't know what's going on above me, but it sounds violent. No, it's like uh, Zach Collins. Uh, excuse me. Uh, the ice machine is out of ice. Uh, what's going on on floor three? Can we check that out? Oh, that's yeah, what Lillard's agent things. was sending him—a whole ice machine to go in there, so we have uh, it in his room. Sending him a Yeti. You can keep that ice for weeks. Uh, okay, so Lee, what are, are you up or down on shotgunning beers? Uh, you know, there's a time and a place for it. You know, it's great. They're out there. They're having fun. But, you know, my thoughts on Budweiser, Bud Light, all that right. sort of garbage. Right. I mean, you may as well just tip it down the drain. You're going to get uh, that much joy out of it. Tassie even said it's water, basically. I mean, it's 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 ugly water. So, you know, if you're going to have a beer, have a, uh, have a nice beer. Just enjoy the beer. Sit back and have a Guinness, you know. I'll do oh, that no, for your you're birth- not having a Guinness in this heat. Come JD, on. I'll have a Guinness for your birthday with you. I'll enjoy that one. All right. Every day for one year. <laughs> that's fine. See that? Now, that's a sort of celebration that's actually, I, I could get on, I, I could jump on board with, you know? It's like, I'm just going to have my daily beer with JD. It's a nice pint of Guinness. Set up the Zoom every day. Have a Guinness with each other. Uh, JD, what do you think? Uh, shotgunning a beer in general is stupid. It's just a stupid thing to do. But, uh, you know, sometimes stupid things are great. So uh, I haven't shotgunned a beer probably since I was 21. And, uh, you know, that's fine. And that's that's good. But I do like to suck back beer. And I like to suck it back fast. So, uh, you know. Do I, need to, do I need to shotgun a beer? No. But, I, I'm, I'm up on this because, uh, Tassie said it, I think, in our Slack channel. I still owe you guys um, 
a pick and payoff. Mm. I lost February. And then, of course, you know, we, we hadn't got to it in March, trying to figure out what we were going to do, what I was going to do to pay off my February loss. And you said to us, hey, maybe there's something here. Maybe you have to shotgun uh, a Bud Light or a beer off the top of a show one of these days one of the, on one of the podcasts. I think that's a... Uh, if you guys are on board, I'll poorly, terribly shotgun a beer. I am not very good at this. I will be honest. I mean, um, I'd like to say. And uh, you know, we'll just do. We'll pick a. We'll pick a show next week or whenever before the end of the month, and uh, I'll pay off my February loss. I'll shotgun a beer. I think. I think JD, you said it should be at the start of the show. Yeah, of course. Instead of the yeah. end, and then uh, we'll go from there. Okay, sounds that, good. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. It's a quick, easy one, and uh, you can see me make a mess. I'll ruin my computer and the mic. <laughs> Um, yeah, I got <laughs> some carpet in here, Tass. That's going to be a problem. Put a towel down. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I will uh, at some point shotgun a beer on a podcast. <laughs> All right, final one. We're ending on a very positive note. We learned yesterday that Drew Holiday and his wife Lauren are using the Pelicans Guard's remaining game checks for this season to launch a social justice fund. Drew's game checks, worth possibly up to $5.3 million, will help start the Drew and Lauren Holiday Social Justice Impact Fund which is designated to aid communities in New Orleans, Indianapolis, and the Los Angeles area. I am throwing you the fattest softball lob here of all time. <laughs> but uh, Lee, we'll go to you first. Are you up or down on the holiday family in general? Oh, down. They're an awful yeah. family, aren't they? They never do anything for everybody, anybody else. They're very selfish. Now, obviously, this is a great uh, thing that Drew's doing. And uh, yes, he's uh, dedicating most of the money to nonprofits and black-owned businesses mm-hmm. uh, and citywide initiatives that seek to bring equitable, uh, equitable outcomes for black and brown communities in those cities you mentioned, New Orleans, Los Angeles, and Indianapolis. So uh, yeah, obviously a fantastic thing. And this is the sort of thing that we've been talking about where you know we're putting num- names or, or words on the back of your jersey versus actually making a, 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 an action that is clearly going to have an impact. And, and uh, this is what Drew's doing here. I have no idea if he's going to put an, uh, a, a cause on his jersey as well. Um, but I think, again, this is what you see. Guys are like, I've got this money and here's where I'm going to um, try to contribute and try to help. You know, $5 million sounds like a lot when you spread it out. It's actually, you know, it, it sort of goes thinly because he's trying to help so many different causes. But uh, everything that he's doing there is obviously fantastic and uh, and you wish him all the best. And yeah, he, his family and his wife, Lauren, they're uh, incredibly uh, um, inspirational family. Uh, mm-hmm. Drew took some time off when she had a brain tumor a couple of years ago to be there to support his wife. And uh, yeah, every, every Everything he does really does seem to help other people. So uh, obviously a big thumbs up. Yeah, Dwight Howard has committed to do the same. Patty Mills, I believe, as well. Hopefully yep. we get some owners on board. You know, the players are going to be making a lot of Hell money. Yeah. Like you're saying, Lee, $5 million, it sounds like a lot. The owners are going to be making a whole bunch more money. So let's see how they are able to match the players who are certainly leading uh, the way fighting for social justice. As they always have been, uh, we all know they're going back into the bubble to make a whole bunch of money. So hopefully, uh, you know, seeing some of the players lead the way leads uh, the teams and the owners to want to do something the same. Yeah, and speaking of everything that Drew Holiday has done in his past and donated money in his past, I, I've, I found this part even more amazing, how self-aware he is when he said about this, with everything going on in this world, it made me and my wife realize that we aren't invested in our community as we feel we should be. Even though it's kind of a kick in the pants, you kind of feel like, I, I should have known this or I should have known I could have been doing this before, but you're never too late, as he told ESPN. Everything he's done and he's still 
thinking about it and still understands that he should be embedded deeper in his community. That's how much of a badass uh, Drew Holiday is. And he is, he is an inspiration. And, uh, yeah, players donating money, et cetera, is great. Uh, but I think, you know, guys like Drew Holiday are going to go even deeper and, and, and actually try and get policy changed, et cetera. So uh, good on you, Drew Holiday. Not surprising coming from him and, and his great family. And, and Lauren Holiday had a great write-up in uh, the Players' Tribune as well uh, mm-hmm. recently about her experience uh, with Drew Holiday and Drew Holiday being handcuffed um, for absolutely no reason while they were together uh, once upon a time. That was a great write-up in the Players' Tribune. Yeah, on the TV show when we were the starters, we would throw one thumb up, right? Because we had those big foam thumbs. Um, but I would definitely throw two thumbs up for this. Not only what they're doing, their initiative, but also for this. Holiday, giving the credit to his wife. Smart man here. I love this. He said, my wife one night was just like, I really feel like you should pledge the rest of your salary. Once she said that, it was like, damn, you're a genius. Not only are they doing this, but then Drew Holiday... Getting huge brownie points with his wife. He's like, that's her idea. Man, mm-hmm. She's the best. That's smart move. And she's smart. So good call there, Drew Holiday. So double thumbs up for this one as we end the up-down report. That was a fun one, guys. Thanks for joining us today. We got a fun guest lined up tomorrow. We're going to go one-on-one with king of the fourth quarter himself, 2K YouTube star, Through the Wire podcast host, Kenny Beecham, is coming on the podcast Uh The people wanted this. They wanted this collab. So I'm very excited to talk to Kenny King in the fourth quarter here on the podcast. So make sure you've subscribed up. While you're doing that, check out the new podcast feed, The Athletic NBA Show. Uh, They had a great one up today, Point of Contention. That's the new pod within that feed. Ethan Sherwood-Strauss, Marcus Thompson. The pod is titled Weed in the Bubbler. So you know it's a good one. Marcus Thompson writing about uh, the players getting their weed, maintaining their weed in the bubble. Fantastic stuff. So go check that out. The Athletic NBA Show. That's it for today. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we're getting in the collab with Kenny Beach on Friday. Check it out. Price the day, people.